What does it mean to run the damn ball? Man, I never really thought about that question. I'd say to run the damn ball is to just give it give it your all. You know what I mean? The way the way it just flows when you say run the damn ball is just like put everything aside, clear your mind, that mental block, and just go for it. Man. Here's second and goal. Tonight. Welcome to another episode of Run the Damn Ball. This is your host, Daniel Magnuson. I'm here with Sam Alessandro. We're going to be talking Big Ten football, do a little preview, have some predictions for each team, and we'll also cover some of the latest Nebraska football news, as you can tell from already watching this video, we're Nebraska fans, and uh, also some college football news as well. But um, yeah, I'm happy to have you on, Sam, again. And, uh, you know, Big Ten football is coming up in uh, late August when Nebraska travels to Ireland to play Northwestern. Um, man, I'm excited about the season. I don't know about you. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's definitely, like, for me, something that me and my dad have kind of always said, like, since probably about, like, 2006 when I really started watching uh, college football, it's always gone, like, the College World Series is in, like, mid to late June. Usually it, it wraps up, and then after that it's like, okay, we're now at the home stretch here of, you know, a few weeks of, you know, basically just the end of, like, baseball season or uh, at least when I was still playing baseball. And then obviously, like, NBA draft, all that. It's kind of like the dead period in sports. And so now it's just like the wait is almost over. Like, you can almost smell, you know, the return of college football coming back. And that's really exciting. And it's even more exciting for, for us, I think, because, you know, obviously us as, uh, you know, Nebraska fans our whole lives, um, this is one of the most unknown Nebraska teams I think we have had in a while, probably since uh, Mike Riley's first year at Nebraska, I would say, where uh, we weren't sure what to expect just because it was a new coach um, in Riley, but... This Husker team, there's so many newcomers uh, joining the program this offseason and not only playing, but also, you know, in the coaching staff as well. Massive turnover uh, on the offensive side of the ball in particular. But, um, yeah, just exciting. Um, You know, you and I were both really big college football fans, so, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're close. Yeah. It's, I mean, we might as well start out with, you know, Big Ten West. That's what we have on the sheet here. But Or the legends, the Big Ten legends. <sighs> that was a weird phase. But, uh, yeah, Big Ten West. I mean, we're going to start with Nebraska being that they are the San Diego of the Big Ten um, and for at least, you know, two more years. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, you know, everybody knows we went 3-9 and nine last year. We had eight one-score losses, and then we lost by nine to Ohio State. And our defense, I feel like it's going to be good again. We return enough guys that I think, you know, they did a good job last year. They've improved every year. Defense will be fine, in my opinion. The offense, as you said, is a complete mystery. I mean, it's like this is the most mystery we're going to have on offense for a while because when Mike Riley came in, it was still Tommy Armstrong's team. Right. And 
you know, with this year, we have never seen Casey Thompson play for us. We've never seen some of these other transfers. And so, yeah, I mean, I wore my Nebraska lottery shirt today um, because and I got this at a garage sale by my house recently That's awesome. for like $2. Hilarious. But because um, we're going to need like a lottery like situation with K- uh, Casey Thompson if we're going to want to win the West. Like, Yeah, I mean, we're Nebraska is kind of taking the blueprint that uh, Mel Tucker took uh, last season with Michigan State, which was take a bunch of uh, transfers from the portal, and it was looked at as pretty risky, but it ended up paying off for them in a huge way. Obviously, Kenneth Walker was, I mean, that was a huge win, but they also grabbed uh, some really nice defensive pieces as well, like uh, I believe Quaveris uh, uh, Crouch from Tennessee uh, was another uh, great addition for the Spartans. But, I mean, Nebraska, they're, they're one of the biggest teams. I mean, besides maybe USC and, like, Ole Miss, I can't really think of any team that had more uh, – that gained more – uh, transfer additions this offseason, honestly. And especially, like, at impact positions, uh, like quarterback, uh, quite a few receivers, um, a running back in Anthony Grant as well, as well as a pass rusher in O'Shawn Mathis. So, and then also, you know, later on in the, in the cycle, uh, Frost was able to lock in two Alabama guys as well, a D-lineman and a defensive back. So, and Nebraska attacked the transfer portal really hard, and that was the the right move. I know I said it on here before that, you know, because it was like kind of like the end of the year wrap up podcast that we did, and it was, you know, we at that point things were looking pretty helpless. We were like, what, what are we going to do? And yeah, we both were like, I mean, like if Frost wants to keep his job, like he has to attack the transfer portal. Because the recruiting class wasn't that great, it wasn't. It didn't have a lot of depth, so you you kind of knew that that was going to be the route that Nebraska was going to take uh, this off season. And so, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting because, uh, again, like you said, Casey Thompson, we haven't seen him play uh, here at Nebraska in Big Ten country. Where, like, let, let's face it, playing in the Big Ten, as we have found out over the years, is a lot different from playing in like the Pac-12 or the Big Twelve. Like, it's a completely different uh, – you have to have a completely different, like, game plan, a completely different skill set almost because, you know, it, this isn't Big 12 where you can just, you know, run four verts and throw it to, you know, Xavier Worthy for a 60-yard touchdown in the Red River uh, rivalry, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's a lot of – you have to show a lot of grit, and you, you cannot have turnovers. That's, like, one of the biggest uh, things with the Big Ten is there is such good uh, programs, so many good coaches that will take advantage of any mistake that you have. And Nebraska has just been, like, let's face it, they're one of the worst teams, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country when it comes to untimely mistakes, penalties, turnovers, whatever, lack of uh, attention to details. So uh, this is a huge year for Nebraska. But, I mean, we've said this plenty of times. Uh, the schedule is pretty favorable for Nebraska, so that will be in, working in their favor. Um, but, yeah, it, it this is a big gamble, like like you said. like it It's going to take a lot of things, I think, for, 
for it to go really well in terms of winning the West. Uh, but the likelihood of them making a bowl game, I think, is pretty good, at least for right now, uh, just because of their schedule. But again, you know, Frost has yet to do that in four years, so you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, the first six games are significantly easier than the last six. Well, it is not even – it's yes, two different seasons. If we really can is. get to four to five wins by the time we go to Purdue, I think we'll go to a bowl. But we, we have to get – out of our six first games, we should win five. Because, okay, Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, two of those are at home, one's neutral. Home against Oklahoma, at home against Indiana, and then at Rutgers. You're talking about the two worst teams from the Big Ten East and the worst team from the Big Ten West being your first three Big Ten opponents. And then two very small schools that should not even compete with us, and then our arch rival, Oklahoma. We should win five of those. Should win five. Uh, yeah, I mean, that... Like, you can't argue my, that. My only Indiana issue is was like, terrible last year. My only issue with that is, like, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, well, Nebraska should win. Well, I mean... We should beat Illinois, but I, I actually don't feel that way anymore. I think Illinois might beat us. You know, and we've said this. The most important game of the season for Nebraska is that first week. Oh, yeah, Northwestern. Northwestern huge. Because, you know, I really do feel like if things don't go well in that game... The sky is gonna fall. Like it's gonna be absolute chaos, especially here at the J School. Can you imagine, dude? Everyone is so toxic here about our football team. They're like, we're terrible. Fire everyone. <laughs> like that's, I know exactly. if we lose we one game. Right if we lose, it's not. No, it's more than one person. Like if we lose one game, everyone's like, fire everyone. Like yeah. it, it wasn't that way when we lost to Oklahoma well, I mean, last it, year. It's but, not fair though. Like yeah, it, there was just a lot of frustration built up from the team. But, you know, the, the thing that is concerning to me that I don't think is a big enough talking point right now, and I think it's because of the uh, coach that they have uh, coaching them, and I think that is a very fair point, um, is the wide receiver uh, room. I'm a little concerned about that just because it is a lot of unproven guys right now, and the potential is there. Like, you can see it, especially with, like, Trey Palmer. I think he's going to be the leader of the bunch. Uh, Mickey Joseph has kind of already uh, hinted towards that. But, you know, still, like, losing uh, Xavier Betts uh, is a huge loss. And, uh, you know, also Samari Toure, like, he was a great veteran piece that that wide receiver room desperately needed last uh, year. And I feel like he would have been a perfect uh, weapon for uh, Casey to have, but obviously – you know, his eligibility ran out, so that wasn't going to happen. Um, but, yeah, that it, it's it's going to be a big year for skill position players because this has, like, been the thing where I thought Nebraska would be ahead of the Big Ten, but maybe besides, like, Michigan or uh, Ohio State, maybe Penn State. But I thought with Frost, especially if you look at his history, Nebraska would have some of the best skill position players in the conference. But it really hasn't been that case, if you think about it. Like there, there's been some uh, good impact players, but like I don't count Stanley Morgan because he was a Mike Riley guy, and but he was definitely one of the top weapons when he was here. Um, I mean, you know, Wandale was good, but like it's obvious, it's become painfully obvious that Nebraska didn't really utilize him the correct way. You know. It's been a little underwhelming. So this is a tall 
uh, task for Mickey Joseph, but um, he's definitely up for it. Like his reputation, it, it it is really impressive. So I do have hope there, but you know, it's definitely something that I think uh, people should keep an eye on. Yeah, I think a lot of our success is going to hinge on quarterback play. Mm-hmm. One. As always. Uh, because I don't think that our O-line is going to be the dominant O-line to lean on when we need to run the damn ball. Uh, we haven't seen that yet. You know, maybe, I'm, maybe I'll be wrong, but we'll see. And then, I mean, I agree. We have a lot of talent, just haven't, haven't been proven, you know. Um, and then a lot of the you know, most talented guys that Frost had either left or they were like older guys. Like Dietrich Mills was a junior, uh, junior college transfer. Well, he also was underutilized. I feel like that- He was hurt a lot too, but yeah. Like a lot of the best players, like they just were not utilized as as well as they probably should have been. Like some co- like the best coaches get everything they can out of their players, and I I feel like sometimes with Nebraska we haven't really seen that. Like you know, it was obvious whenever Xavier Betts got the ball in his hands last year, he was a dynamic athlete and one of the best players on the field but he hardly ever got the ball. And it took, you know, a few games just to give Austin Allen the ball, and then finally once they started kind of force-feeding him, he started to ball out. So, you know, hopefully, you know, but this is kind of, this is why you bring in an experienced offensive coordinator like Mark Whipple who knows how to do that. Like he, he found a way to use Kenny Pickett's best talents for Pitt last year and use that to his advantage. And Pitt had one of the most explosive offenses. They found ways to give uh, Kenny uh, Pickett an opportunity to succeed and throw it to that receiver, uh, Jordan Addison, who ended up winning the Blitnikoff Award. So, you know, it's definitely, uh, again, there's so much that we don't know about the offense. And that's what kind of makes it exciting. Now, like you said, the defense on the other hand, for Nebraska, I feel much safer about because Schnander has uh, consistently, almost year after year, put up at least a pretty solid defense. And it's gotten increasingly better the last two seasons. Um, last year, you could argue they were the reason why Nebraska was even close in a lot of their games, especially the Ohio State game. They really had no business, especially offensively, being in that game. Yeah. But. The whole uh, offense know, was Samori Toure's two long catches. Exactly. And then besides that, it was like, that exactly. was it. And it was turnovers that our defense created, if anything, you know? Right. So I kind of want to do something. Uh, I, I didn't plan to do this to start out, but I figured I might as well do this right now just because early on in the episode, I don't know if I'll do this for every team when we get to them, but like Nebraska, I'm just going to go ahead and predict their record right now. Okay. Um, I do think we start out. Oh god, this is <laughs> I know what you're gonna do. We're gonna start out six and zero. Oh jeez. Yes. It's too easy, dude. It's too easy. But then we're gonna lose to Purdue, because I think O'Connell's gonna be one of the best QBs in the Big Ten. And playing O'Connell at Purdue is hard. Is a stud. I I think I've said it on this pod. Like I announced the uh, Nebraska Purdue game last year and O'Connell was the starter. I think he only incompleted like eight or nine passes. Like he is He's a stud. He he's very underrated. So, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I just felt like we would lose. I think Purdue and Illinois are both just 
they can play fast if it's warm outside, but when it's colder, it's like there's a lot of Big Ten teams. We talked about this earlier. They know how to play to week by week. They have a different game plan. Like they're going to run the ball when it's cold, and you know if Ohio State needs to chuck it 40 times when it's warm out, they will. So it's like that's kind of what a lot of these teams can do well. They have you know different looks they can give you. Um, I think Purdue and Illinois, like those are both winnable games. I just see us losing at least one of those. Um, for sure. And Illinois, I think they lose a bunch this year. I think we'll get them because we got them at home and we got a bye week before. So I think we beat Illinois, go to 7-1. and one. Minnesota, um, that's at home as well. Plastic surgery, P.J. Fleck. I feel like, okay, if Mo Ibrahim, do you remember how good he was against Ohio State before he tore his eight Achilles? Course. yeah. If he is really good again and able to get back to full health, uh, who knows because Achilles injuries are like really intense. That's like, yeah, that's that's like tearing your ACL, but maybe worse. Like that's it's it, really it's, bad. It's definitely worse. I feel like for running backs. Yeah, because the recovery is longer. ACLs, like nowadays, like I feel like the eight recovery months, usually nine months. is a little bit quicker. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was if if Mo Ibrahim is full health for them, we're gonna lose to him. We're gonna lose. But if he's not, we I think we win. We are at home. I'm biased. I'm biased. Eight one. Michigan on the road. No, we're not winning that. I don't think so. I think they're going to be like one of the top two teams in the Big Ten, so we're going to lose that one. Wisconsin, I really want to say we're going to win this, but I just don't see our D-line being big enough to stop their run game for four quarters. Uh, Braylon Allen's probably going to be even better than he was last year, so I say we lose to Wisconsin, go to 8-3. and three. And then because I hate Iowa, we're going to win that, so 9-3. and three. <laughs> That's what Dang, I, that, You are very optimistic. That's what I say, man. So I think with it, with the first four games, Nebraska's going to lead – at least lose one. I don't know which one. I'm assuming it's going to be the Oklahoma one, but boy, would it be some if they lost like Georgia Southern, pulled like a Tennessee, lost to the. I know that'd be that'd be bad. I think Georgia but, State beat them. It was Georgia State that beat Tennessee like a couple years ago. Oh was, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. No, Georgia Southern was the team. Didn't they beat? They beat, they beat like uh, South Carolina. Well, they beat Florida one year. Oh, they beat Florida too. With, yeah. Uh, when Will Muschamp was the coach, which yeah, was funny, and I don't think they, uh, they like threw it like once that entire yeah, game. Yeah, I know. They they were the <laughs> epitome of run the damn ball. They really were. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they're gonna lose one of these games, probably the Oklahoma game. But uh, I I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one yet. Um, I got dude. We're because, not losing to Indiana. It's, they're terrible, dude. Yeah, they're, they're, they I, I went two and ten. I agree with that. I think Indiana is probably the one Big Ten game where I am like a hundred percent like, yeah, Nebraska's going to win that one. Yeah. Um. So I got them currently four and one. I got them beating Rutgers five and one. They'll lose to Purdue. I think they'll lose to. Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. So they'll beat Illinois and then go on a four-game losing streak. So I think they'll go, was that, 6-6, six and 7-6, six, mm-hmm. and six, uh, if you include the bowl game. If so, we win the bowl game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just – I'm kind of low-balling it right now because I don't want to get my hopes t- – uh, I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up, you know. I've had my dreams crushed too many times. So low expectations, and then that way when I'm wrong – which I actually think I will be wrong on this. I'll be happy. I won't be let down. Yeah. You know? The thing is, 
we could very well lose our last six games. Like, all of them. We could lose all of them. We could lose and Oklahoma. still make a bowl game? No. We w- if we lose our last six... Well, if we win our first six, that'd be crazy because we'd have to beat Oklahoma and... It, it'd be similar. It wouldn't be the exact same, but it'd be similar to the 2016 season when... We started off hot. Like, 7-0. and Yeah, Oklahoma's essentially like playing Oregon, but they're probably going to be better than that team was. Uh, but, yeah... We could, yeah, we could definitely lose our last six games, and if we lose Oklahoma or drop the Northwestern game, you know that's four and eight again, right? That's very possible. I'm not, I'm not ruling that out. Um, I mean, that's what we've seen for you four years. You just don't know with this team, like <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> I just, the, who I am, I see Oklahoma. I don't think that those guys have any idea what they're getting into with our home crowd. They haven't played at Nebraska since '09. Those guys don't play Nebraska anymore. That is still. And when they are in Memorial Stadium, especially for three and O, it's gonna be like Michigan was last year. I don't care that it's an 11 a.m. game. Oh, I'm telling those you, those OU guys don't know what they're getting into. Dude, I'm telling you. It is a travesty. I don't even mind the big noon kickoff games. Like I kind of like it because you get the Husker game out of the way, and it, you you can just enjoy the rest of the day <laughs> yeah. after, uh, you know, go to the bars or something. But having gone to that 09 game, that is the best college football atmosphere I've ever been to. It was so loud in there, and that was like one of Sue's last games too. Mal Hanlon had three picks, absolute stud. Um, and it, it's, it's one of the core memories of me as a Husker fan. Like, I remember tailgating all day for that game, the hype, you know, it, it really felt like a rivalry game and like the tunnel walk, everything about that environment was just pure college football, like royalty basically to me. So I think it's a damn shame that the game is at noon because I think the crowd you thought the crowd against Michigan was rowdy last year. I guarantee you, if it, it was a home game, the Oklahoma or a, a night home game be this more. year, it would be five times more, you know, <laughs> loud. Like it, oh, dude, it was crazy. Especially if Nebraska's three and zero heading into that game, dude. It will be. It's still going to be loud. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be an amazing environment. It's going to be wild. I think getting them at eleven is a is a win too because, you know, you can. Prepare all day, and then boom, That's you're playing true. at night, and you know you can get your team ready. But 11 a.m. and you know 95 percent of the crowd's gonna be packed in with minus the students who are late, and <laughs> you know it's gonna be insane. I cannot wait. That's gonna be one of the biggest days of my year. Uh, <laughs> and like I remember watching that 09 Oklahoma game. I um, I mean I wasn't there. I was watching at home. I lost my voice at that game. But my mom watched the game with me. My mom never watches football ever, and I was like. Yeah, that was just cool memory for me. But yeah, no, that's enough Nebraska. I mean, we're a Nebraska show, so like we're gonna talk about Nebraska more than any other team. Yeah. And we kind of just got our like whole Nebraska like fix in for. I mean, we could have done a whole video on like yeah. Nebraska going into next year, but I really don't think we can say much more because we just don't know. Yeah, that's it's true. I mean, we at least know defense will be good again. Hopefully special teams is a little bit better. We got to mention it real just, quick. We need like a kick return or a punt <laughs> return. Just one on the just, whole year. Just one. Just to like, just rebound off of how bad last year was. But I guess we can move on to the next team, and that's Iowa, being that they're the closest to Nebraska. 10-4 uh, and four last year. They lost their bowl game to Kentucky, 20-17. to 17, And they also got blown out in the Big Ten Championship game before their bowl. And that was by Michigan, 42-3. to three. That was a fun game. <laughs> 
Michigan just showed how superior they were to like really everybody at that time. And that's kind of why I that's why I said Oklahoma doesn't know what they're getting themselves into with our stadium because if we had played Michigan on the road, I don't think it would have been that close of a game. Yeah, I it, agree. It, I mean, it still could have been like our defense could have like held strong at certain times, but like in the third quarter when Deontay Williams got that pick and we scored like back-to-back touchdowns, like that was huge. Oh, yeah. And even like in the first half, Michigan shouldn't have scored a touchdown because there was that phantom PI call on Doman, remember? Oh yeah. So yeah, like right. really that game was just funky, but that's what I'm saying. Like Michigan was just that much better than really any team in the West when it came down to it. Um but I mean we're talking about Iowa, so I don't know why I had to talk about Michigan. Uh, but uh, you know, Iowa, I don't think you can refute like they're gonna have to rebound at running back because they lose LaShawn Williams, but they're still going to have a good O-line. They're still, they still have Petrus at QB. He's a game manager. And they're still going to be the same team there every single year. It's like they're an 8-4, and 9-3 team usually. Tyler Goodson's a good running back. Yeah, he, I think he went to the NFL, though. Did he? Yeah. Sure. But, you know, they're going to be in the contention for the West. Whether, whether or not Nebraska's any good, you oh, know. Yeah, you're right. They're going to be there. They're like – and. You know, you can – we'll get to Wisconsin later. Iowa is just like a worse version of Wisconsin, usually. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely could make that argument. I mean, yeah, Iowa, honestly, I feel like could be a Wisconsin if they didn't have Brian Ferentz as the OC. He's a terrible offensive coordinator. But he holds that team back. So there are times where it's like they're running the ball on – especially against Nebraska, like they have a lot of success running the ball against us. And then – they decided to run like three straight bootlegs. It's like why, dude? They had one they drive. They overthink themselves sometimes. Like they get too cute. They kicked mostly field goals in that game against us, and there were times where they were driving and they got the ball within like the thirty or forty yard line, and their play calling was like, "All right, we're going five wide, QB under center." I'm like, "You guys are idiots, dude! Yeah. What is this formation?" Like, yeah, I, maybe I'm exaggerating, but. Uh, no, it, well, I mean, it certainly feels like that. And I feel like everyone knows that. Like, that's just Iowa at this point. Because, like, they've had some really talented teams, especially the last few years. But then once they play superior competition, they just they get exposed. Like, I think the prime example is the uh, Rose Bowl when Christian McCaffrey yeah, they just got exposed. single-handedly destroyed them. And Stanford's not a team that usually just destroys people. They just usually just beat them. Yeah, but they did have, like, McCaffrey, who's one of the goats of, of college, college football. football. Yeah. But Iowa is – they're kind of like – they are better now as a program than what they were when we had Bo Pelini. I would say oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they're – it's not that much better. I would say they're like a Bo Pelini-level program. I think they're slightly better than the uh, – than uh, Nebraska's program, just because, like... Oh, I mean, overall, while, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, like, I mean, Bo Pelini's program. I wouldn't agree with that. Really? No. They Well, they beat Ohio State. Bo Pelini never upset a team. Did Bo never upset a big team? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, no, that was Mike Riley. I was going to say Michigan State. I guess they beat Michigan State that first year when Kirk Cousins... Yeah, that's true. Quarterback. I don't know. It just... Besides that Ohio State game, maybe I'm That's wrong. That's always been Bo Pelini's, like biggest. That was always his biggest criticism when he was here. Was he never won the big games? Well, that's kind of Iowa too. Like Michigan last year didn't win it. Um, other times, 
like when they're playing I guess they do they do have Penn State's number. I will say that. They own uh Matt Campbell. Oh yeah, they they own Iowa State as well. They have only beaten Wisconsin once in the last or they That's true. They, they beat Wisconsin in 2015, I think. But besides that, it was only once in the last 6 years. They've struggled against them, but they they have a great defense as usual. Like they'll have another Yeah, they'll defense, have a good defense so. again. You know, they're, they're going to be that stereotypical 9-4, 8-5 team, like you said. Yeah. Well, that's enough Iowa. On a Minnesota, <laughs> they were 9-4 and four last year. Even worse team. Yeah, Minnesota, it's like tiers. It's like Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and then everybody else. It's kind um, of amazing how much I dislike Minnesota now, all because of one man. This PJ Flex is so annoying. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, they beat West Virginia in their bowl last year, but West Virginia was eh. Congrats. Yeah, so they're kind of an interesting team because – as I said earlier, they had Ohio State on the ropes in week one, especially with Mo Ibrahim healthy before he tore his Achilles. He looked like Heisman runner-up. He was, yeah, I, he was, I was freaking out, like, this guy's going to kill us in, like, six weeks. But he tore his Achilles, and they were still fine because they got a great O-line. Yeah. But, um, I mean, if – yeah, as I said, if he ever gets to that form, they're going to be a, a tough team in the West. They beat Wisconsin last year, but they did lose to Bowling Green – one of the worst teams in the MAC. I think they went like three and nine last year. Oh yeah, I remember and then that. Yeah, that was got, so funny. They lost to Illinois fourteen to six at home. And, and Illinois is a tough team, but they weren't a bowl team. Um, they did yeah, also they beat, beat Purdue. <laughs> they beat Nebraska because Yant stumbled at the one yard line. That will always be just. Oh, I was gonna say Illinois that made me cringe beat, out of Illinois, like pain. Illinois beat Nebraska. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, but I Minnesota mean, they both too. Did, yeah. yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, Fleck is a cult, and the only way he keeps his job is if he keeps winning. And he's doing a good job. Like, Minnesota's better now than they have been in my entire lifetime, I would say. So Yeah, they're yeah. – I mean, they, they got an identity. That That's the biggest thing, like, we're going to be talking about with every single team in the Big Ten. Almost every single one of these teams at least has established an identity. Nebraska doesn't really have one, and that's been a huge issue for the program because they don't really know what what they are are they you know a spread option you know type team or spread offense or you know are they going to be west coast like uh during riley's era but uh minnesota they're a team every week they are they are changing their game plan to expose the other team's weaknesses so like the thing that they have done to Nebraska the last few years is Nebraska is one of the few teams in the Big Ten that doesn't uh, really worry too much about clock management. And they are continuously exposed, especially against Minnesota. Minnesota has been the biggest team that has uh, really done it. Iowa and Wisconsin have done it too. But Minnesota, the last few years, has really just manhandled Nebraska in terms of just running out the clock, taking as much time as they can. Running the damn ball. Exactly. And, you know, that was a game really honestly last year against Nebraska where Minnesota, they had no business. Nebraska had no business being one score uh, down against them. They were manhandled throughout the entire game for that uh, one. I th- okay, it's different. I think if you watch on TV, you get a better gauge for what's going on. I would disagree because, okay, you take away Yant falling over at the one yard line. That was pretty terrible. That was like we should have just QB sneaked it. That was that was anyway. But 
Morgan almost brought us back into the game because he threw two like idiotic pit interceptions. That is true. Like and, they and that had was when they were running the ball really well. Yeah, too. yeah. So like they were driving in the third quarter and uh, they tried to throw a hail, like a like a go route on Cam Taylor Britt. He picked it off, and then uh, you know they stop us on defense, and then they try to chuck up some pass. Deontay Williams picks it off. He actually never played against each. I think he hurt his knee on that play. Yeah, uh, Williams did, which really hurt. But like they like almost brought us back into the game. Like they had us in the first half, and then you know <laughs> we started. If we could just run the ball against Minnesota, like we did in 2018, Ozigbo popping off. Remember that. Like, yep. we, it'd that be was... a totally different game, but instead it's them running the ball on us, and then when they get a lead, they just keep it. That's what Iowa does. That's what Wisconsin does. Just an overall Big Ten play. So Yeah, that's that was the 2018 game where it was Frost's first victory as the uh, Husker coach. I still think that's one of Frost's best coach games, especially from an offensive game plan uh, perspective because he just flat-out out-coached um, P.J. Fleck, and that was kind of the offense that I was expecting to see from Nebraska, and we really haven't seen that ever since. We've seen, like, glimpses on on certain drives, but, you know, that was really the one game where I feel like things, like, came together, and you really saw the you, – you saw a bright future for Nebraska. It hasn't quite worked out that way, but, yeah, I saw here right, right now uh, you put if uh, Mo Ibrahim is healthy – uh, they will be scary. Hashtag uh, RTDB, but not row the damn boat. Yeah, not row the boat. <laughs> Got to break the oar like the Illinois punter last year. That was that was a good That good was moment. good. But, yeah, Minnesota, they're going to be a, another team. They're very similar to Iowa. Um, I don't. I think they have a certain ceiling, but they're, they're going to give a good pro, a, a good team, at least one good team fits. A year because I do think PJ Fleck is a good enough coach. While I may not be the biggest fan of him, he is a good enough coach to um, really, uh, you know, have a chance to upset a really good program, like maybe a Penn State or Wisconsin yeah. or Iowa. I don't think Penn State's going to be that good this year. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like in years past, like that's true. Given them that's, that's true. Uh, they did beat Penn State in 2019, and that was a big game for them. Yes. I kind of solidified like Fleck as their head coach, but um, we don't need to talk about them anymore. I uh, hope Fleck fails and gets fired. That's how I feel about him. But uh, <laughs> I can't even I can't even say neutral out here. Like yeah. there's just teams I I really do dislike like most teams in the Big Ten. I don't care about them. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> like quick quick rant. I do I can't stand the people, and there's a lot of people like during bowl season. They're like. Oh, I'm gonna root for this Big Ten program, and I'm like, why? Big Ten pride, come on! And I'm like, no, that's stupid. I no. cannot root. You will not catch me ever rooting for Iowa or Minnesota ever. I cannot stand PJ Fleck. Cannot stand Iowa. I can't stand Wisconsin. I actually don't necessarily. I, I'm not that bothered by Wisconsin. I they're like what I, I wish we like were Paul more Chris. of. I think uh, Paul Chris, Chris is kind. Of, yeah. Minnesota, I would like to see them be bad with PJ Fleck. If they had a like, coach who wasn't uh, I didn't Minnesota. I would think they're kind of cool. But Iowa, like to see them go 0 and 12. Northwestern, I'd like <laughs> to see them go 0 and 12. 
Oh, I don't really um, care about Northwestern. I, I don't mind Pat Fitzgerald. I still would like to see them go 0-12. I will say um, I like Minnesota's... I want everyone uh, to lose. I want us to win. That's how I feel. Yeah. Ohio State? Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Minnesota but. does have a cool field, though. I've been there once. Or, no, twice. And, uh, yeah, it's a it's a cool stadium. Yeah, I like their stadium. All right, next up we got Wisconsin. They were 9-4 and last year. Uh, they had an embarrassing loss to Notre Dame before they really that, got Braylon yeah. Allen going at running back. I mean, they were competitive in that game. And Notre Dame is not even that good. But, like, they just – Wisconsin could not throw the ball to save their lives because Hornybrook – wait, not Hornybrook. Graham, uh, Mertz. Graham Mertz, another average quarterback, uh, can't really throw the ball. I threw, like, two or three pick sixes. I, I don't remember. Wisconsin, I don't know. If they didn't have Russell Wilson transfer into that program, that program would be known as, like, quarterback hell. It's like the that, worst. That's where you go as a quarterback if you don't want to have a career after football. Yeah. They're, they never or have a good quarterback college. anymore. Um, Braylon Allen is a monster, though. He was only, like, 17 years old, and he was... That's insane. He, like, graduated high school a year early somehow to play there, and it took him a couple weeks to get, like, used to the offense and everything. But the, when they got going with him, they were, you know, a Minnesota win away from winning the West, and as I said before... They're a better version of Iowa, so they should win the West in most years just with the program they have right now. Um, and, and their bowl win was over Arizona State out of the Pac-12, which is not that impressive because they're like a average Pac-12 team, I think. But yeah. um, especially with uh, a lot of the transfer stuff they had there with Herm Edwards and everything. But yeah. we already talked about the Pac-12. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if Wisconsin is who they can be, I mean, they had their 12-2 and two year in 2017, I think. They were 12-2. and two. Yeah. And uh, they've had some good years, so they could be the best team. I think they're a top three team, just with the running game they'll have. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, really it just starts and ends with Braylon Allen. I mean, that's the only interesting thing about Wisconsin. They're a pretty boring team besides that. I mean, you know that they're going to be good on the offensive line, and they're going to have a stout defense with uh, Jim Leonard back as defensive coordinator. Uh, again, like, Graham Mertz, he was a very highly rated quarterback, five-star, was in the All-American game coming out of high school and balled out in his first game against Illinois, uh, if you remember that, which, I mean, hey, congrats, whatever. <laughs> but, again, I can't talk because Nebraska, you know, they've been owned by Illinois the last few years. So, uh, But if they want to take that next step, Graham Mertz is going to have to be better than – yeah, throwing like two pick sixes against Notre Dame and Michigan. Because, I mean, honestly, those games, especially the Notre Dame game, they don't, they at least make it more competitive because they kind of got blown out by Notre Dame. It was kind of embarrassing because Notre Dame, while it is a solid program, they were really young last year and they had no business beating Wisconsin the way they did. Yeah. We can just say that Wisconsin's offense was so bad. That's why it happened. I mean, yeah. But, I think they also kind of panicked, too, because they didn't have that running back emerge just yet. So they didn't really know who they were as an offense. And so they kind of just became something that they're not used to being, which is a pass-first team. And I just don't think Graham Mertz was ready to take on that. Um, no, not at all. Is that camera? Okay, I couldn't see the red dot on the camera for a yeah, second. It's but it's, like, kind of slipped, tilted down. Anyway, I was like, shoot, are we still rolling? But, um... I might not even cut that part out. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree. I don't know if there's much more to say. They do have to replace a bunch of guys on defense and offense. 
which is, you know, concerning because they have like hardly any wide receiver production coming back. And they also lost uh, one of their linebackers, Chanel, and also uh, Sanborn. Those guys have been there a long time. So they'll have to do some rebounding, but they'll probably still be, they're going to be Wisconsin. They're going to go to a bowl. They're going to be tough. Um, but a team that I think is really interesting to see this year. I mean, they do lose some guys, but Illinois, five and seven last year. They're also another weird team because, uh, you know, they beat P- Penn State in a wild overtime game. They, that was crazy. They beat us in the first game, and then they lost to UT San Antonio, which I called that. I just, I just want to say I called that they were going to lose to UT San Antonio because um, they, the Roadrunners had two uh, really good running backs last year, and I just said, hey, I think. They'll get slept on. They and, got a good coach. You know, there you go. They, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, they could. They could be a tough program down there in the conference USA, and uh, I think they're going to move on to the different conference in like two years. But, yeah. No. Um, American. I think they? the American. Yeah. That'll be good for them. But yeah, and then they got blown out by Virginia, which I just think, didn't think Virginia was that impressive last year. So that didn't they, really make sense to me. They had a. They have a really good offense. I I have some things to say about them when we do the ACC yeah. preview, but. They had a really good offense. Their defense was atrocious, but, I mean, Illinois didn't necessarily have the best offense in the world. Mm-hmm. So, not, not that surprising. I think Illinois was a similar level team to Nebraska last year because I saw they lost five games by 10 points or less. And so, you know, you flip those around or even it out, and they get seven and eight, seven, eight wins if they can win some of those close games. Right. So, I mean, people think they're not going to be as good this year. And – I disagree. I think they're still going to be a tough team. They got Chase Brown back at running back. Yep. Josh McCray's a solid running back. Their O line's probably going to do the same thing where they roll out like eight guys. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love that low key. Like, yeah, the best thing that they did on offense last year is they moved the QB Isaiah Williams to wide receiver, and he's really good. And so don't sleep on him. He's I think a former five star. They could upset some teams in the West. They could be – he's a former five-star? He was a five-star in one recruiting. No outlet. way. Yeah. Um, and I always thought it was funny. Do you remember when Illinois was amazing, made it to the Rose Bowl? They had that quarterback, Juice, Juice, yeah. Juice Williams. His real name is Isaiah. So I always – whenever I see his name, I always think of Juice Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Illinois is a really fascinating team. I agree. And, like, that's why I'm, like, so hesitant on, like, Nebraska's record because Illinois is, like, the team where I could see them, you know, being, like, low-key, really good this year. And losing five games by ten points or less, that is expected for a program under a first-year head coach, not a program uh, with a four-year head coach in Frost, you know? (laughs) So, like, Illinois, like... Those at least two or three of those games you would have to imagine are going to turn into W's. And Illinois, like they were kind of trending, not like you know amazing, but they were trending in the right direction with Lovey Smith. They were just kind of ready to move on. Like he brought them at least to a program to where okay they can compete. And now they brought in a coach with Bielema, uh, where they're like okay this guy knows how to win in the Big Ten. He could win us some games. So Illinois is a pro a program, like you said, they're really, really interesting. And I'm not the biggest fan of Bielema because I get like PTSD every <laughs> time I see him uh, from the uh, from the Big Ten championship, uh, championship uh, in 2011. But you know, hey, whatever. Illinois, 
watch out. Don't don't sleep on the Fighting Illini. I don't think they're going to win the West, but they no, will upset not. some teams. They'll upset. I think they could very well beat us. Prediction: They will upset one of the following three teams: Minnesota, Iowa, or uh, Wisconsin. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at their schedule right now because I think be they're interesting. If he beat uh, Wisconsin, All I right. would love that. No, I, I think they I think they they might. So they start off with Wyoming week zero. Wyoming is one of my favorite teams besides Nebraska. That I just want to say your, that. I, I, that might be your favorite team some some days. <laughs> I like don't watch them that much, but they're cool. So Wyoming with Craig Bowl, they do lose their number one running back in Zavian Valade to the transfer portal. They also lost uh, Isaiah Nayor to Texas, and they lost like. Both their starting QBs to the transfer portal. So, Bowles kind of in a tough spot right now. Uh, he lost a bunch of guys on offense to the portal. And that's the week zero game for Illinois. And I think because of that, Illinois is going to win that game. I think Wyoming would put up a big fight if they didn't lose a lot of those transfer guys. But I just don't think they're going to have enough. And so, Illinois is going to go 1-0. Indiana, Virginia, Chattanooga, their next three. Those are all winnable. Um, then they got Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. They'll win one of those, I think. Um, and then they got Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue, That's Michigan, Northwestern. Stretch for them, but yeah, they could very well. I think they'll beat Northwestern again. I think that they could beat Purdue. They could beat us. I see them at least getting five to six wins this year. I I agree. Yeah, they're they're a program definitely on the rise with uh, Bielma. Yeah. So. I don't want to predict everybody's schedule because it's kind of that take forever. Yeah. But I think it was just interesting. I'm going to be watching them this year. Um, so we'll see about them week zero against Wyoming. But moving on to the last team in the West, that's Northwestern. Um, they were not the worst team in the Big Ten last year. But I mean, if you lose 56-7 to to Nebraska, <laughs> you're pretty bad. Okay, I mean, so they're going to come off a really bad season. Probably their worst season they've had with Fitzgerald in a long time. Definitely, like, the most uh, helpless. I feel like, honestly, since the team that uh, lost to uh, Nebraska in the Hail Mary game against Westerkamp, when Westerkamp caught the Hail Mary, because they ended up losing, like, six straight after that or something like that. Because that was kind of – or maybe that was, like, this towards the end of their losing streak. I just remember they went on a crazy losing streak. You know what it was? Do you remember they literally had three running backs like either tear their ACL or just get knocked out of the game? Oh, yeah. And they had some like stubby like little white dude as their running back for the rest of the game because they couldn't and they couldn't run the ball because straight up that's we injured. Problem, because that's what they do. They run the ball. Yeah, we injured three of their running backs. And I then they had to, that, they, yeah. then they had, a, they had no running back. And so they were screwed. That was a crazy game. Yeah. That too. But yeah, Northwestern. I they're like the one team in the Big Ten that I really like. I I respect the hell out of Pat Fitzgerald. I love the culture that he has for them. They always seem to have like one or two absolute ballers that end up doing amazing in the NFL. Like uh, Rashawn Slater was like the best offensive lineman uh, rookie uh, last year, and that's not easy to do in the NFL being a good rookie lineman. Uh, Greg Newsom also a cornerback. Uh, is a stud now. They also lost probably their best player um, last year. Brandon Joseph uh, transferred to Notre Dame. That's a huge loss for the program. Uh, but I like what you put here. Uh, they can't be worse than last year, which is kind of true because I just feel like Fitzgerald's just too good of a coach for them. They 
they're going to be a team, and you know it's it's an even year, so it, it's happened the last few years. Northwestern comes out of nowhere and uh, just uh, balls out. Um, but they lost their D coordinator last year. He retired, and so you kind of saw them take a step back defensively. I feel like if they can at least get the defense back to being pretty solid, they'll they could at least be a five six win team in the in uh, the Big Ten. I think I mean, not in the Big Ten in the regular season. Yeah, I think six wins is a little bit high for them right now, just because they really don't have any star players right now. Um, their running backs are shoot. I wish I would have wrote down some of their guys, but uh, they got Cam Porter and Andrew Clare as their two running backs. And they're both all right. I mean, Porter was injured all of last year. He had a good 2020, and Claire is a smaller running back. And they still have Washington at wide receiver. And I think Halinski's a really solid QB. But besides that, I just am not that impressed by them on offense. Um, they did beat Rutgers last year. That's their best win they had. I do think that they're going to be better. Will it translate to wins? We'll see. But... If they beat Nebraska week one, I mean, shoot, after that, they could very well get to six wins just depending on how good they get. They're a team that gets better down the stretch. Oh, yeah. If we were playing them in November, I think it'd be a totally different game than us playing them week zero. I 1,000% agree. I feel like that's a lot of these teams in the Big Ten, first off. like, And that also is a sign of a, a well-coached team, a team that gets better as the season goes on not gets worse. Um, so, yeah, I agree. But, you know, they're a team also, like, I just feel like we don't know. Like, you can never guess what Northwestern's going to be. They're just, they'll be tough. They'll be semi-competitive. And, you know, some years they'll upset a few teams. Some years they won't. So, I feel like that's just kind of, at this point, that's what Northwestern is. And I think we've talked about this before, so I don't want to, like, hit on it too much. But, NIL being a big thing and the transfer portal, both are going to hurt them in the long run because not a lot of players are going to have the academics to transfer Northwestern. And then, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of NIL that is going to be big there because they're in a big city and they're like way down the list of like interests for fans in Chicago. So those two things are going to hurt them in the long run. Um, But they're still going to be the same team. That's the, yeah. end, at the end of the day. So. And they're not going to get rid of Fitzgerald because he's a legend. Yeah, he's... Not only as a coach, but as a former uh, All-American there. So yeah, he's set for life. I did think it was interesting that the Bears were like kind of interested in him as a head coach in the NFL. I think he'd be a tremendous NFL head coach. but He probably I, would be. I don't think he would ever leave, honestly. I just, I just can't see him. Unless, like, he has, like, five straight losing seasons, which I just don't think... Well, then the Bears wouldn't want him, probably. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Okay, I just realized we still have one more team from the West. That's Purdue. Um, 9-4 and four last year. They beat Tennessee in their bowl game. And that was a much improved Tennessee team. I thought they were going to be bad last year and they had a good year. But we'll talk about them another time. They surprised me a lot last year, Purdue did. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the West. And O'Connell had a big year. And... I just remember Nebraska beating them in 2020 pretty handedly, and so I thought they were kind of plateauing. But, I mean, you saw the win they had over Iowa. They just shut them down. 
Mm-hmm. You saw the one they have had over Michigan State, who was a pretty dang good team until they got blown up by Ohio State. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they they're a good team. I think that they're going to be middle of the pack, Big Ten West. I think losing Milton Wright, who was their number one wide receiver, is going to hurt them. But O'Connell's a good quarterback, so they can win it really any game. I'm not going to – oh, I'll look at their schedule real quick. Well, not only did they lose Milton Wright, but they also lost David Bell, who has been yeah. a steady, solid uh, receiver for them the last three years. Uh, he went to the NFL draft. Um, and I, I also think like the reason why they struggled in 2020 was they were so reliant as an offense on Rondale Moore that like it, it just became – like too much. Like he got hurt a lot too. He, he got hurt a lot, and you know it. They they became so reliant on him that like basically all you had to do was game plan all around him, and like they didn't know what to do after that. It, it kind of seemed like, but they really started to find their fitting. You want to talk about a team that got better as the season went on? Purdue is like the prime example of that, and really started against Nebraska. That's really when they started to hit their stride and improve and you know yeah they're they're a program that they just they're gonna be really really competitive i mean they're just the classic big 10 team at this point and jeff brahm is a hell of a coach i think he is you know one of the best coaches honestly not only in the big 10 but in the uh in the country because you look at like purdue was an absolute joke before he got there and, you know, he's turned down a lot of big jobs. He turned down Tennessee once. He turned down his alma mater, Louisville, uh, which was really surprising. But, you know, he, he's built a nice uh, program uh, at Purdue. And, you know, they were nothing before he was there. They were always known as uh, the basketball school. And now they're a respectable uh, football program. So he's going to have – he's going to be able to be there as long as he wants, as long as – you know, he continues to do his thing and has, you know, he might have like a year or two of, you know, not so great success, but then he'll have a year where, you know, similar to last year where, okay, like watch out for Purdue. Like this is not like a game that you can just be like, oh, you know, it's the Boilermakers. Yeah, the, them and Illinois both were pretty bad in the mid-2010s, and they are both, I think, respectable now. Uh, when you face against them. And their crossovers in the East are Penn State, Maryland, and Indiana. They get Indiana every year because it's in-state rivalry protected, right? But Penn State will say a lot. I think Penn State is a team that has a lot to prove. And uh, Maryland also is going to be kind of sneaky good at times. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. I think they're definitely a bowl team, Purdue is. I would say every team in the Big Ten West – has the chance to be a bowl team besides Northwestern. That's how I feel. Yeah, honestly, you could definitely see that. Or, you know, Nebraska. Well, or us, if, yeah. If we're being honest. Because like, <laughs> Purdue, like, now... Our schedule is so easy, though. We get that, Indiana and Rutgers. I know, I know. Believe me. But, like, <laughs> it's just it's it's just hard for me because we they haven't gotten... They haven't proven it to me yet. And I, th- I just think Purdue is just a safer bet. All right. But anyway, let's move on. We got Indiana now. They were 2-10 and 10 last year, 6-2 and two in 2020, which is hilarious because I thought they were going to be good last year because they were like – they almost beat Ohio State in 2020. Well like, – They had a good team. Yeah. And um, 
I mean, what do you think about it? I, I didn't watch a whole lot of them last I year. don't really care about Indiana, if I'm being honest. Like, they lost Michael Penix uh, as well, and he was, like, supposed to be the next big thing because he played pretty well in 2020. Uh, he transferred to Washington. And a program that at one point, you know, just two years ago, uh, it seemed like they had all the momentum in the world. Now they are like, okay, yeah, this is Indiana football again. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, because I kind of like t- Tom Allen. I like him. Um, but, you know, yeah, I have nothing really to say about Indiana. They lost uh, some uh, key players, too, as well in the transfer portal. They're not really a program that is going to be as heavily invested into their football athletics. Um, they're more, again, similar to Purdue. They're way more invested in basketball. They're like, that's like their team. They really care about Indiana basketball more than oh uh, oh no more doubt. than Pacers basketball honestly yeah like, no they care more about Hoosiers basketball their, that's their pro team in that state I was in uh, Western Michigan I was at my friend Mike's uh, lake house shout out Mike Rapsis um, and so there were some people who had gone to school at Indiana who were there and we kind of talked about how Nebraska football and Indiana basketball are like kind of hand in hand yeah. like that's what the schools care about and they're both not very good right, right. now that's and so that was kind of interesting i mean that's what they care about like they're happy to go have a fall football game and go to the game and support their team but like and illinois is kind of the same way too i would say yeah, yeah. illinois and purdue both like really Definitely. care about basketball more it's kind of a basketball region and chicago being a, you know a city right. in illinois that's a big basketball city so you know they're not gonna be very good this year in my opinion maybe they'll win three games four games but um Tom Allen will have a probably a few years to get them back to where they were in 2020 um, because he did have some success there. But, um, I mean, we saw them come into Lincoln in 2019. They kind of just threw the ball wherever they wanted to on us, I thought. Yeah, that was a pretty bad game. Uh, I mean, Wap Fillior was what, just all over the place catching everything. So Wap, yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> One of the uh, many games that really has that, – that I try to forget. So let's move on. That was another game where it's like, it was so in reach, but we just, we didn't even have Adrian that game, but it didn't matter. It was whatever. It didn't matter who was that quarterback. Okay. It's true. We got Ohio State up next, uh, 11-2 last year. Their two losses were to Oregon, who I think was, uh, Oregon and Michigan, their two losses. But Oregon, I think, was a lot better to start out the year, especially with C.J. Verdell, but then he got hurt, and they weren't quite the same team. Um yeah. So that was kind of interesting that Oregon beat them. And Cristobal was, like, about to leave. That's true. Miami. That's true. Uh, C.J. Stroud, that was kind of his first big game, and he didn't play too well. Um, I guess Minnesota was a big game for them, too. But um, anyway, they, they they won a lot of the games on the stretch. And I think, you know, if they play Michigan in, like, average weather like not the snow i think that they're a better team just because they can chuck it down the field like better than anybody yeah i mean ohio state they're the juggernaut of the big 10 they're still the team to beat especially like like you said the the amount of skill position talent that they have is ridiculous and they have even more coming in the next few years like dylan riola still salty about that uh but i'm not salty we don't deserve him oh i okay yeah you're right you're right (laughs) I yeah. like if I'm doing like yeah like Nebraska Ohio State I'm I will right. say just with the direction mm-hmm. of college football right now where 
if you're a five-star QB, you automatically go to a Bama or or uh, Georgia or Ohio and State, then enter the portal and then transfer. So we really just gotta hope that something Go happens Arch, baby. <laughs> and we get i don't want arch made at nebraska i would probably stop being a no that's not true I that's just, not true you'd be so hyped he i just can't get you, behind you, it you would like dm him immediately no he i would wouldn't run the damn ball <laughs> <laughs> well he'd want to pass the damn ball but oh uh, yeah so ohio state you know they finished their season with a like wild win over utah on the rose ball i thought that was like the best game i've seen that was a great game that was an incredible game but they're the front runner again even though michigan beat them i still see them as the favorite to win the conference and Stroud and those receivers are going to be on fire so yeah, yeah. Jackson Smith Najigba that dude is an absolute stud he had like 300 yards in the Rose Bowl like he's a monster and he had like 200 against us yeah we saw him literally in Lincoln just go off and if it, I, I honestly believe if it wasn't for Jojo Doman he would have had like 350 yards Probably. Um, so, yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, they had that guy from – well, did he get drafted? Well, they're losing – so they lost – they lost, like, three receivers in the last year. A lot of them went to the NFL. They lost to J- Jamison Williams. He transferred to Bama, was a first-round pick. They lost Chris Olave, a four-year starter, great receiver for Ohio State, uh, first-round pick to the Saints. Then they lost Garrett Wilson, yeah. uh, stud, also a first-round pick to the Jets. And, oh, by the way, yeah, they're just retooling at receiver. Like, they're ridiculous. They are the standard of the Big Ten. They will be just fine. C.J. Stroud is a projected top-five pick. Smith Najigba is a projected first-round pick. They're ridiculous. And then they have Travion uh, Henderson as well at, at running back, who's a stud. So, yeah, Ohio State is Ohio State. They're the standard. That's true. There's really not much more to say there. But Michigan will have something to say about it next year. They were 12-2 and in this past season, won the Big Ten. They did get destroyed by Georgia in the college football playoff. Uh, they really just had no chance. But they do have both quarterbacks coming back, so they'll have some competition there. Uh, Cade McNamara and uh, McCarthy, right? What's I forgot his first name. J.J. McCarthy is his full name? Yeah. So they got those guys. They are re- replacing some key guys on defense with Hutchinson going to the NFL and a few other guys leaving, but they're going to be number two in the Big Ten East, I think. And uh, I really don't know. If, I mean, they got Blake Corman running back still. They're going to be tough. So Yeah, they're, I mean, Harbaugh is a good enough coach. That, that was a, It was kind of a weird offseason because they weren't really sure. I only know this because, obviously – I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, so uh, it was heavily rumored, and it looked like Harbaugh was going to be named the head coach for the Vikings. And so that was like a really weird like week where like Michigan was like, "Are we gonna lose our coach?" Like it, it was just a weird time, but he's back. Uh, I do think it's a big deal that they lost their D coordinator uh, Mike McDonald and their offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. He was a really underrated play caller. He went to Miami, uh, interestingly enough, to be the offensive coordinator there. So uh, two new co- uh, coordinators uh, for Michigan. And so that's going to be interesting to see. They also lost a lot of key players. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, number one overall pick, uh, or excuse me, number two overall pick uh, to the Lions. And uh, they, they actually lost their two best edge rushers, him and uh, David Ojabo. Um but they they return a few key players. I still think it's weird. Like 
they have two competent quarterbacks. Like, who's better, J.J. McCarthy or Cade McNamara? I feel like they're going to do the weird, you know, alternating quarterback thing, which I've never been a fan of. Dude, Harbaugh and his quarterbacks is just such a weird, like... Which is weird because he's, like, a former quarterback. And, like, in the NFL, like, he did a good job developing quarterbacks. But in college, especially at Michigan, like, for some reason, he just cannot get a good quarterback. Or, like, I think these guys are better than what he's had, but, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, make, I remember, make a decision. I do not like it when people, like, flip-flop quarterbacks. They were really bad in 2020, if I remember correctly. Yes, they were. And I'm actually going to look at their... Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson was there. Overrated. They were, I mean, they blew out Wisconsin in their first game, and then they were just really bad, and they only oh, played... Oh, Joe Milton was the, was the quarterback yeah. that, that game. Yeah, so... They won two games in 2020, and they, I mean, they really turned things around. And, uh, oh, wait, no, take that back. I remembered falsely. Uh, Wisconsin blew out Michigan in 2020. That's what happened. Uh, but they blew out Minnesota. That's that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, flip it around. They did not blow out Wisconsin. 49-11 they lost that year. But um, they only played six games in 2020. Had a really good season last year. Um, but... I was going to say, I was going to say something really funny, but I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> they lost to Indiana. That's what I thought was funny. They lost to Indiana and, like, oh, lost it. Yeah. I heard in one of their losses, I think it was to Wisconsin or Penn State, one of those, where Milton, who used to be the quarterback there, was basically on the sideline like, this sucks. We suck. I'm transferring. Well, you did transfer. So. Yeah, so I just thought that was an interesting story that happened. But anyway, they rebounded. So They have like four coordinators. They have two defensive coordinators and two offensive coordinators now. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough Michigan. We got Michigan State now. They were 11-2 and last year. They won their Peach Bowl over Pitt. Um, they did beat Michigan last year as well. Heck, they could do it again this year. But they did lose Kenneth Walker to the NFL. They do bring back Peyton Thorne and wide receiver uh, Jaden Reed. Thorne, of course, is their QB. Um, but I think they overachieved last year a little bit. They surprised some people. They got lucky a few games. They got absolutely exposed by Ohio State, 56-7. So I don't think they're going to win the East, but they can play spoiler. And, uh, yeah, they got Jarek Broussard as a transfer running back from Colorado. Um, so, they'll be all right. Yeah, I, I like Peyton Thorne. He's a good quarterback. They got exposed by a certain defense um, right here in uh, Lincoln that I think uh, Ohio State took advantage of because, you know, Nebraska, that was a masterpiece, masterclass. That defense got screwed over. In that game. They got they, screwed over in so many games. Okay, but that game in particular, Kenneth Walker was like, he was basically the Heisman favorite at that point, or if not top three. He like he averaged like over like 140 yards a game or something crazy like that before that game. And he had like 40. Yeah, he had about like, 40 yards. It was yards. ridiculous. And, and the fact that Nebraska lost yeah. that game, I mean, yeah. Moving on. Um, I agree. Michigan State, I think they did uh, slightly overperform last year. However, I think Mel Tucker is a good enough coach to where that, that's just how he's going to coach. Like, a lot of these teams, they do overperform because, but, like, 
they're just good coaches. Like they know how to win. And so, hey, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go like eleven and two, ten and three again because they could, yeah. They they just know how to win. And I mean, let's face it, Nebraska can probably use that. But we need some lottery is what we need. Um, but Penn State is our next team. They were seven and six last year. They had a really good twenty nineteen season where they won the I believe it was the Peach Bowl or the, the Cotton Bowl, one of those two games over Memphis. But twenty twenty they were bad until the end of the season. And last year they it was the opposite. They beat Wisconsin and Auburn early, and then they could not win anything down the stretch. Uh, Sean Clifford is still there. Uh, <laughs> That's still. crazy. Um, and they really haven't you know done a whole lot. James Franklin has a lot of talent coming in each season with recruiting. And so he really needs to have a turnaround season. Um, there's high expectations for them. So I still don't think they're going to win the Big Ten East or even be in the running for it, if I'm honest. I just don't think Clifford's that guy. I don't think that – You're not that guy. I just – I think they're middle of the pack Big Ten East. I think Maryland might even beat them. Yeah, So I could see that, yeah. Um, yeah, Franklin, he's a good recruiter. But, I mean, I feel like they kind of peaked uh, in – I think it was 2016, actually, uh, when they went to the Rose Bowl and lost to USC uh, with Saquon Barkley. I feel like this program, it's weird. Like, they've had, like, only two quarterbacks in the last, like, 10 years with Chase McSorley and Sean Clifford. They're kind of like Nebraska, I feel like, with Polini. that That's kind of where I feel like they're at right now because they're not kind of – they're not really that program that's going to, like, be a really good team now. I, I just don't have – really any faith in, in Sean Clifford. Like he's a he seems to be like a cool guy, a really good teammate, a good leader, but like I just don't think he elevates a program and especially a team like Penn State that those fans have really high expectations. They think they're Michigan and Ohio State, but they're not. Like they're just not. Um and so why have they yeah. put so much faith in – I mean, I guess Sean Clifford is kind of like a McNamara-level quarterback, but why have they put so much faith in him when they could probably recruit something better, you know? I don't know. I just I, – I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. They, But like you said, they seem to recruit, like, the skill position players and, like, linebackers and whatnot, like Micah Parsons. Uh, yeah. You know, they do that well, but they can't get a good quarterback to save their life, so – I don't know. They're they're a team that, yeah. They're I don't think they're trending in the right direction, and I feel like they're get they're getting hurt by the transfer portal because Franklin is one of those guys. There are some people that really don't like him. I don't mind him. Me personally, I think he's a decent coach. I really liked uh, him when he was at Vanderbilt, and like let's face it, he he brought Penn State back to relevancy at least. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's a solid enough coach, but I don't have very high expectations for them this year. They might go better, be better than seven and six, but not much better. I see they could get like, I mean, should I look at their schedule like I have for these other teams? Purdue early, they could lose that. Ohio, they'll win that game. At Auburn, could lose that. Central, I don't think they'll lose that one. Auburn's a dumpster fire right now. They are a dumpster fire. They sh- they should beat Auburn. But um, I will say this: the weird thing about Penn State is, and we saw this in 2020. Sean Clifford was not even the best quarterback on that team. It was Will Levis. Yeah, he was a problem. 
he was a problem. And now, he, he, by the way, he's now a projected first round pick. Yeah, with Kentucky, he's he was better. And against Nebraska, they literally bench Clifford. And Levis made the like brought Penn State back, and they exactly. nearly tied the game on us. So exactly. So the, I think that's what's hurting him right now because that that's really not a good look. It's never a good look, you know, when you turn down a quarterback and then he transfers and ends up balling out. Yeah, so I'm looking at the transfer portal, and they picked up basically no one. Yeah, basically that's nobody. That's a Penn State's a team that I feel like could benefit like really well from that because, I mean, yeah, you got the Steelers in in state, but like Penn State is like the team really besides like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Penguins, like they're the team in the in that state. No one, I mean, there is a Philadelphia has its own thing. Yeah, Philly, <laughs> Philly, yeah, yeah, no they're one, they are wild. Yeah, but like Penn State, like they got a lot of money there. They they got a loyal fan base. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, though, they could surprise us like Michigan did last year, but I'm not really expecting much. Um, next up, we got Maryland. They were seven and six last year. They destroyed Virginia Tech in their bowl game. I think Virginia Tech's gonna be pretty sorry this year, if I'm honest, but whatever. The <laughs> uh, Tonga Valoa is, uh, I mean, he's the younger brother to Tua. Uh, his name's Talia. He, uh, is really good, in my opinion. I think he really makes that team better than they would have been. They had some other quarterback in there. Um, got a lot of good receivers. Decent running game at times, but uh, nothing really crazy there. Loxley's doing a good job at head coach there as well. And uh, they could play spoiler. I think they're like they're kind of like the Illinois of the East. And I don't not like yeah. the way they play football, but like they could just pop off and beat somebody I agree. at any time. And so that's kind of what I see from Maryland. Maryland is an interesting program because I feel like they're in, like, the perfect spot. The DMV is, like, one of the best, like, areas to recruit, not only in football but also uh, basketball as well. And they used to be a powerhouse in basketball. We'll see if they can do that uh, with their new head coach. But Mike Loxley, like you said, uh, coming from Alabama as the OC a few years ago, uh, brought in – Alabama transfer and to his brother as a quarterback and he's really he, he's a really good recruiter I don't know if he's the best head coach ever but he's at least going to have Maryland competitive because he can recruit he's he's about as good of a recruiter as you can have in the country honestly and uh, he's bringing in really good skill players uh, that's not really much of a surprise because he's an offensive guy and like you said they got some stud receivers Rakeem Jarrett's a former five-star. Deontay Demas is also a really good guy, uh, receiver as well. Both guys, uh, if they have good seasons, could do uh, – if they do well enough, they uh, could make some noise and move up uh, NFL draft boards. And, yeah, they, they, they got potential to be a really explosive offense. If they even have an average defense, um, they could be that team that actually leapfrogs Penn State, uh, like you mentioned and maybe goes into uh, the bowl game, and, you know, they could be an 8-5, 9-4 type team. Uh, you know, this is year three, I believe, uh, in the Loxley era. Um, so, yeah, and uh, Talia, he's, he may not be uh, quite the quarterback uh, as his uh, brother, but I think he's a little bit more explosive. Um, like, and what I mean by that is he's – able to move around uh, in the pocket a little bit more than Tua, and he also 
uh, is willing to take more shots than Tua. That's always been uh, his Achilles heel, especially in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, they're a team that I'm, I'm really interested to see. And I like the comparison that you made with them uh, with Illinois because um, Maryland is a team that, like, the they they were a, they were a really interesting team with uh, DJ Durkin, and then they obviously had that controversy, and so that kind of imploded, and so they kind of had to act fast. And when when they got Loxley, I kind of knew right away, like okay, they're going to be able to recruit really well. They could be interesting in a few years, and they they've proven that. Um, yeah, I feel like they could be one of the most improved teams in the league uh this year but the only tough thing is they're in one of the toughest divisions so yeah they have penn state ohio state both michigan schools usually better than them at football and as you know just like illinois and indiana they care more about basketball too yeah so i could see them beating a michigan state oh yeah they could and i wouldn't even be surprised i mean there was one year where they nearly beat ohio state yeah and so you you never really know what you're going to get with maryland so When uh, Urban Meyer was having his health issues. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Meyer is like in itself a podcast. Like, Urban Meyer's down bad sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got, shoot, one more team to cover. We're like an hour 15 in. Almost done. Let's make this yeah, Okay. Yeah, seriously. Rutgers, 5-8 and eight last year. Hilarious no record. <laughs> uh, they have Noah Vedro at QB. They also have a guy from Kentucky. I mean, came out of high school, Kentucky. Uh, Gavin Wimsat, who will also compete to be the starter because people are kind of tired of Vedril. He's like a six-year senior. <laughs> He's good, but he does throw quite a few interceptions uh, for them. Uh, they lost badly in their bowl game to Wake Forest, and the only reason they were there was because they had to fill another bowl spot So because um, of COVID stuff. But, you know, Shiano's the right guy for them. They're going to be a competitive, tough team because he's there, and when he isn't there, they haven't been. So It's just funny to me because, like, I – when I was like a junior in high school, I played seven seven on seven against Noah Federal, mm-hmm. and like he's still in college. I'm like, dang, dude, like you got you got graduate, man, or he's already graduated, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, Shiano is definitely the right guy for the program. Uh, I just feel like they're a five and seven, six and six type team every year. That's that's gonna be, and maybe. One or two years, they might get lucky and go seven and six, eight and five. That's like I feel like that is their ceiling right now. And so, yeah, there, there's nothing much more to be said um, about them. They're going to be well coached, but again, there's only so much you can do uh, with them. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. We're <laughs> we're kind of far into this Big Ted stuff. Rutgers <laughs> could could go to a bowl if they have a good year, but they're not anything to worry about in the East, I don't think. Well, I, I just feel like they're the least talented team. Like they're Maryland's usually more talented. Penn State, all of them. Penn State, yeah. So, yeah, that's Rutgers. I mean, it's nice to see them, like, be competitive, though, because before, like, like, Nebraska in 2017, like, handedly beat Rutgers, which is, like, if you get beat, I think we beat them by, like, 13 or something. But, like, <laughs> that's how bad they were. And so... Anyway, uh, so I guess there's a little bit of Nebraska news to talk about. I mean, we're so far on the podcast that, I mean, we don't really have to go that deep into it. But we had one guy transfer out, uh, Marquis Stepp at running back. He is going to be transferring somewhere else. Um, I think he's a grad transfer now because he's been in school for four years. So 
not surprised. I was just like waiting on that because the dude was not going to play this year. We have too many other running backs that were good, and he he's always uh, battling injuries. So, yeah. I think we've covered all the commits. Have you? The Louisiana guy, the receiver, O'Marion Miller, and oh, then they also got... I think we talked uh, about them the last time. The, oh, Ashley Williams is the guy that they picked up. Yeah. Uh, the DN, four-star DN out of Louisiana. Yeah. And, dude, like, every time we talk about this, it's literally um, Mickey Joseph. Yeah. Every time. That, that's all we got to say. Mickey Joseph, he's the GOAT. He's the man. He's the man. So yeah, I think that's everything. Um, yeah. You know, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, if Nebraska is just in a position to win the West, I will be ecstatic this year. Exactly. I would be. You know what? I'll be ecstatic if we beat Northwestern because, you know, hey, one and zero better than better start than. Have we even started one and zero? We did one year, right? Twenty nineteen. Yes, we was did the start only year one year. Yeah. With Frost. That's but, crazy. That's the only year. I mean, we got Ohio State to start out 2020, so that really wasn't helpful. Yeah, that wasn't ideal. But um, every other year we had, we should have. Probably. I mean, this is the exact same feeling that the Illinois game had last year for Nebraska because it's like this team, we're pro- we're better than talent-wise. It's just like, are we going to put it together? Yeah. So, anyway, I think that's all we can say. This has been Sam Alessandro, Daniel Magnuson. Run the damn ball.